welcome to another episode of the Stella Sound Podcast, the only podcast relatively unknown to Earthlings with rocking it in all the interdimensions, space traveling radars to empower creative musicians everywhere. I'm your host, Larry Paulson, and today I'm excited to be joined by Looney. But first, you will become part of our interstellar presence, find us at the StellarSoundPodcast.com on all social platforms at StellarSoundPodcast or, jo- or join our astronauts in the StellarSound Discord community. Links are in the description down below. Looney is a Danish-Swiss electro-singer-songwriter residing in Great Old Britain. With a classically trained discipline and strong self-motivation, Looney has become a driving force in music-producing circles, sharing her knowledge on social media and presenting personalized lectures with Girls Make Beats. Looney, welcome at the Stellosphere, and how are you today? Thank you so much. Um, I am doing, uh, yeah, I'm doing good today, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. We had a bit of uh, technical issues before we uh, started this interview, but I think we can get the ball rolling now and just get into it. Um, but for everyone out there that does not know you, you were not born and baptized as Looney, but instead you were born as Laura. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, right? Yeah, you are. Um, you started your musical journey as Laura, and then as you grew as a musician, you kind of adopted this entire new name or persona. Um, and in your YouTube series, Life of Looney, you talk a lot about the name and its creation and even how your partner kind of coined it, if I, if I can say that without letting him uh, jump in into this conversation. Um, but I want to know, why did you decide to fully embrace this name as Looney instead of just keeping it as a, like a lovable nickname? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, well, just to give everyone out there a bit of backstory. So I had a partner that is a little bit older than me. And when we first met, I had this obsession with unicorns and I still have that. I still love anything unicorns and kind of before it became popular, but it just sort of stuck. <laughs> and then uh, when I moved in with him, I had this like massive teddy bear, like a unicorn teddy. It was one meter 20. And I just like... Um, I really needed to have that with me. I was like, you know what? I can move in, but I'm going to bring my unicorn with me. And, um, <laughs> you rock up with this giant teddy bear and he's just like, cool. Exactly. He's like, what the hell, man? Um, it's now with a charity shop. I went to, I gave it away to a kid's charity shop if I felt there was time. But um, So when my name came from that, he was like, I should just call you Laura Unicorn because my birth name's Laura. And I was like, Laura Unicorn, like, kind of like Looney. And I was like, oh, I really like that. So I don't necessarily think it just... It just became a thing that I was just being called. And for some strange reason, it just felt more like myself rather than my birth name, Laura. I've always hated Laura. I felt it was really common. Everyone else is called Laura. Like, because I had uh, a lot of people in my class was also called Laura in school. So I was always called my surname, which is Hanka. So I was never really called Laura anyway, other than like my immediate family. Yeah, I mean, that's very interesting. I like the story about the teddy bear. I mean... <laughs> We've all been there, haven't we? I think out of personal experience, I think I rocked up to my husband's house the first time as well with just teddies and he's just like, you're a grown woman, right? And I'm like, screw you. <laughs> bringing my t- I'm bringing my stuffed toys over here. Come on. <laughs> I need my stuffed toys. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Oh, that's a really, that's a, a interesting because if uh, we're going to speak about this um, later in the interview, but your whole uh art concept on vibe i want to say with your music is very mystical and unicorny and i want to say pastel powerful lovableness and everything so it's it's interesting that you drew it from that name and how your name is kind of inspiring your music as well 
But then I want to throw it way back. You started as a class- classically trained vocalist with uh, the Danish National Girls Choir. Mm-hmm. And then you immigrated to Britain where you did um, the Evoke Ensemble. Um, and if you listen to your music now, you wouldn't necessarily say it's choral music. But I want to know how did your choral training contribute at all to the style of your music that you are creating now? Oh, I love that question. I think it's it's <laughs> sort of created a foundation that I didn't realize I needed later on, if that makes sense. So I had a lot of music theory lessons. Like we did a lot of concerts in that choir. It's basically like, it's a very prestige choir in Denmark and we would have 60 concerts a year. So there was a full wow. on plus two sessions, like two sessions of practice of three hours each week. So it was a really big dedication. Jeez. But what it taught yeah. me was not only to like play piano really well, because you had to play an instrument as well. Um, it taught me so much about like creating harmonies. It taught me a lot about like singing really well, music theory that I now can use to my advantage. So even though it was flipping hard work, so I'm not going to swear on a podcast. Um <laughs> Safe space, safe oh, space. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I have a bit of a potty mouth, so I'm so, sorry in advance. Um, no, I think, so that gave me so much that I didn't realize that I actually can use to my advantage now. So now I feel it, it very easy to come up with vocals, for example, or create harmony mm. backing vocals and things like that. I love it. I love utilizing my voice for more than the melody. And I think that's where I bring that on to my electronic stuff, is that I want to utilize my yeah. voice in different ways. And use it as an instrument rather just as a vocal point uh, vocal exactly. point <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. and it's and i think it's been very organically that way for me because i've just been singing and singing and singing but also listening i think one one thing is to actually sing another thing is to listen the way you can place yourself in your instrument whether that's voice or guitar or piano whatever yeah if you can place that instrument in relation to other things what you hear it's going to be so much easier to record um, and I think oh, well, that's yeah. something I didn't realize was going to work well for me until I actually sat in it. It's interesting how you put that. I never thought about it that way. And then as soon as you said, I'm like, yeah, wait, right. That makes perfectly sense yeah. to put it that way. Because it's scary when you yeah. record yourself for the first time. I hated listening back to myself. And I, honestly, I was like, I cannot listen to this. This is shit. <laughs> and you know, yeah. if you hear yourself super dry, it sounds like awful. And I just, it took me a long time to be okay with the sound of my own voice in the recording. Just hearing your own voice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, it's like for everyone out there that does actually go and record for the first time. Whenever I took some of my students to go record the first time, they would like completely just have a little tiny meltdown in the booth. Because like, why do I hear myself so well? I'm like, that is what it's it is. <laughs> You've got to get used to this. It's okay. You sound great. But it's, also, it's a whole new skill, isn't it? Because I did a, uh, a sound engineering. I don't really do sound engineering. I find it really boring. And it's not my great skill. But um, I did a really small job as a sound engineer. Um, and they was yeah. recording some like fairly good singers. But we were doing inter- individual tracks to stack it for their performance and stuff. And there were so many of them that they couldn't tune when they were hearing themselves back. But if they were to sing it just out loud in the room, it would be perfect tune. But as soon oh, as yes. they had the headphones on and could hear themselves, they couldn't they couldn't mm. sing in tune. And I think that in itself is actually a skill to learn. It's not something that just comes really? organically necessarily unless you've practiced it. So I think so many great artists and musicians actually struggle with the start of sound journey just purely because they haven't learned the skill and that doesn't mean they're not great they just have to 
accustomed to it. Learn. Yeah. They got to, they got to, it's a, it's like people think you just walk into a booth or a recording studio and it's bam, you sing into it and it's beautiful and everything just magically happens. It's such a skill set to be a recording artist. It's not just, it's not, it's not performing live mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't get that. There's such a, it's, it's a skill. It's exactly as you put it. It's a skill that you've got to practice, learn, fine tune everything. And it's just practice, practice, practice. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to sound like the typical music teacher, but practice, practice, practice. And then eventually um, it will. And if you think about electro pop specifically, it has kind of become the unofficial official soundtrack to most videos on Instagram. Uh, and I want to know, do you think, not to put you in a box or anything like that, but do you think maybe that electropop as a genre and music in general has become devalued because it's compressed into a sound bite in the background of some random dance video? Oh, that's a big question. Um, and a really valid one as well, because I think I've been speaking to a lot of people about this recently, mm. and I think... I don't think it's been devalued, but I definitely think there might be a different purpose for music in a different way. Um, I definitely agree with you on like, or like, there's definitely will be sort of the non-emotional music. Yeah. Like if you listen to a song and you're like, mm, it sounds just a bit blah, I can't really feel what mm. they're saying, the words of the story. That stuff, you know, when you hear like a really crap advert and you're just like, oh, uh, get this over with. Skip, skip, skip. Or when you're in the gym, that's the worst music. <laughs> However, that being said, I think it's just, the, it's just the world is changing, you know, and I think we need to change with it mm -hmm. because, yeah, you're right. It's not what it used to be. We didn't, you could sell albums, like you could bring CDs to your gig or yeah. I would like go shop for vinyl. That was really exciting. So for all the young like, now kids I don't out even there. use my vinyl player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, now it's retro to have a vinyl. Yeah. I have loads of vinyl, but I hang it on the wall as artwork. Mm -hmm. I don't play it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just changing the way you utilize music. But let's face it, like the world would not be the same if there weren't music. I have music on a lot when I cook, when I'm around the house. And it's a daily know. part of everyone's life. It's inescapable. You just, you can't help exactly. it. You can't help it. Uh, but I do like how you put it that it's, they are obviously the unemotional and just, I'm going to say random songs on TikTok and Instagram that you do just want to skip or um, like you put a gym music. That's a good description, even though it's a bit mean, but I mean, it's a good description, but I like finding the randomest artists on TikTok and Instagram and they're just falling in love with their music. And then a lot of artists that take songs that you wouldn't want to listen to and they cover it in their own style. And you're like, damn, like I found I'm not, someone's going to shoot me, but I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan. I'm not a Tay Tay fan. Tay Tay is not for me, which is fine. Everyone can't love everyone. But I found this girl that does Taylor Swift songs, but she throws it into like a very ethereal minor and all these cheesy love story songs that I really cringe inside and listening to. I'm like, oh, it sounds so great now. <laughs> like, well, go. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I love about the social media side of things. And it's I wouldn't have found these people if it wasn't for the social media platforms and um, once again, we were talking with a couple of musicians at Birdcage Radio and we said that it's so funny that th there used to be when releasing music, it was as, as if the studios copy pasted a lot of artists. You had to mm -hmm. be, let's say, bubblegummy, poppy, you had to 
dance a certain way and then you had 5,000 types of Britney's or 7,000 different styles of Sum 41 or, you know, it was just, it was a very copy-paste, cookie-cutter type style with each era that went on. And with the rise of social media and social media stardom, we see such diversity in the music, such strange figures, such norm core figures, such, it's like, it's, there isn't a style and a, a, a vibe that's not represented. Um, and then sometimes I think, and I want, I want to know your view on this, but there's so much diversity that the diversity has kind of become oversaturated and you just want something normal. Or is that just me? <laughs> oh, I think there's definitely a little bit of a fad to be like, oh, I'm going to be totally different. And I think as an artist, you're always going to be different anyway because you're yourself, I think. Um but I think it's more about being authentic. I think mm. for, for a while I tried to be someone I wasn't. Yeah. I tried to be someone else and or just maybe not someone else. I was just trying to be a version of myself that didn't feel natural to me yeah. because I was a bit worried. Or oh, what if people think I'm boring? Mm. Where exactly. I think what I yeah. don't like about social media is in inauthenticity when people just try to be someone that they're not. So I think it's not... I love that there's more diversity because we need people to be, we need representation of all sorts. Like what we don't see, we need to create more of, right? Mm. But at the same time, it needs to come from a place of being who you are, like yeah. what comes natural to you rather than sort Raw of, oh, I'm yeah. going to try play this figure. Unless, you know, there are also artists out there that just have this alter ego, you know, like for example, Lady Gaga, that's just oh. who she wants to become, be this controversial um queen that wears a meat dress and you know do all these uh, bonkers things yeah but that's what she's known for that and that might have been like her alter ego but for me i want to showcase who i am as a person an artist as fairly much the same person mm -hmm. um but that's because that's who i want to be i think it's a it's very true to what you said there that uh, as when we climb onto social media or when we are uh, creators on social media or even just youtube not just social media um we're scared of being we have that fear of am i interesting enough am i um cool enough am i you know would i would i gather audience and then you try to be a little bit inauthentic as you put it and it's usually those that are very raw and authentic and just their true self that usually create better content if i can put it in that way and then obviously you do have your shock your shock people like lady gaba but then if you also see her transition from she did the shock thing she did the online or the the, the stage persona thing and now she's still that little bit of weirdo queen of the weird but um she's also become more of herself through it um you don't see her anymore with a lobster and off on her forehead going for brunch or whatever um so i think she if you if we look to her as a kind of um role model inspiration whatever it's a fine to make a shock and a big entrance and be weird uh, if you want to but just remember that um you can dial it down you can be yourself more and you're gonna still create perfect things um i want to but you're, you're very active on social media and tiktok in general um I wonder, is there anyone that you think we should be watching right now that you would recommend? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> oh, big question. 
Um, I thought I about it too. I'm oh like, gosh. I don't know, I don't know. Uh, on the spot. Um, so actually TikTok, I'm trying to get back into my TikTok. Last year I started my TikTok and I was like so active in the beginning. I was like, all I was doing all day was like creating these TikToks. Do you know what takes the longest? The flipping editing. It's <laughs> so long. Um, and I hate editing. So um, that's like, I need to get back into it um, and sort of grow that bit more. But I think, who was I seeing the other day that I thought was hilarious? I can't even remember her name. However, it was mm-hmm. I found it really funny. Anyway, she was um, sort of creating sketches on... Well, I think her name's Hayley something, something. Anyway, she's very popular in the UK where I live. And she basically has... Creates these sketches about your lady parts and how they interact with each other. So when you come on your period, yeah. your bladder will talk to the uterus. And it'll be like, yeah, it's this time again. La, la, la. I love and her. And it's sort of, I think what I love about TikTok is that it normalizes this like imperfectness there is in being a human. You know, the, the thing, the videos that did the greatest for me on TikTok was the ones that I literally recorded like randomly walking down the street. Not the ones that I spent a lot of time on, like editing, you know, look really nice, good angles, blah, blah, blah. Didn't do as great. So I think something that I've learned from that is that people like the little bit more randomness. They like to see who you are. Then mm. I think also since becoming a mama, I've seen lots of women that are sort of embracing motherhood and seeing other women go through the same thing as you. Or just oh, other yes. people go through the same thing as you. It's very refreshing. They should feel like you belong. Like, oh, I'm actually all right if, if this also happens for me. I'm not so screwing up entirely. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, I actually do right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. It's so interesting you say about language because I think that's what did really well for me on TikTok because I'm Danish Mm -hmm. and it's so weird. People always think I'm Dutch. Can we just talk about that for a sec? She looks Dutch. I'm CC Dutch, and I'm like, yeah, I do look Dutch. Mm -hmm. But it's like I have I have no idea what people are saying. It's very strange phenomenon for me because it's the sounds of the words. Sound very similar, but but it's like nonsense i cannot understand a single word so i always get really confused when i hear dutch because i'm like am i not getting this right are they speaking danish and i just can't understand it or but as it's now um there's the western part of um the the netherlands sounds like afrikaans just a very high grade of afrikaans and then the word order is just switched around a bit but the eastern side the side that i live in is they have such a thick accent that you're just like what (laughs) I always say that I'm going to get arrested for this at one stage of my life. So I'm keeping it light until the day that the cops show up. But I have a small obsession to go and stalk people online on their social medias, especially artists and musicians, because I like seeing their day-to-day lives. Because obviously when you post something on social media, you're portraying something, you're staging something, but still there's like a little grain of truth in each post and you kind of see like the behind the scenes of the musicians' lives and what quotes they're using or what music they're using in the clips, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I went onto your social media platforms once again and I grabbed a few pictures uh, and photos and then I'm going to try and screen share them and then... I just want you to like tell us a little bit about the behind the scenes, the stories of something maybe that's not in the taglines. Um, sure. But for those for those listening, head on over to our Stella Sound uh, podcast YouTube page or join the Discord community to have a look with us. Okay, and this is the tricky part. Every single time, 
I need to attempt to share the screen. And every single time I get it, but this time I got it real quick. Yeah, I'm a tech expert. Yeah. Okay, let's start with this one. I'm going to try and zoom it a little bit in. Yeah. <laughs> this picture. Let me just zoom a little bit more. No, just joking. This is a, a great picture. I'm just going to put out there, love the dress. So that's, um, <laughs> yeah. it's not glittery sparkly. I actually put sparkles on it and a footwear effect afterwards. And oh, it actually looked, <laughs> and I, I wish, it, it is green though. And for those who cannot, who, who thinks that I'm absolutely pissed in this picture, I'm actually sober. So um, I know that's a big surprise. I was the only person at this party <laughs> being sober. I think I was doing like a sober October or something like that. Um, yeah. And I went to this awards. I used to work for Universal here in the UK and we went to this very specific production music awards. Never, It's never going to get more niche than that. Basically, oh, all yeah. the music you hear in the background of TV adverts, TV shows and things like that. Mm, I worked mm. for, for that department within Universal. Yeah. And they had this in like individual awards. <laughs> and that was that party. Um, and yeah. And sober, really? I don't want to sound. I'm sober in that picture. Judgy or something, <laughs> but sober, really? <laughs> Even my face looks like, absolutely like gobsmacked. I look like I'm pissed, but I'm not. Yeah. It's a great picture, face. though. Sober or not, I mean, it's a great picture. I was like, damn. <laughs> it looks like you were at a New, Year, a New Year's party, though. But Yeah, I wish it was more fun than it probably was a quite, actually, was a really boring party, if I'm honest, because it was sort of like one of those things. Oh, try to smooch the client so they use our music rather than the competitor ah. sitting at the other table. And I just, I just find that that is just really superficial. So you had to be like, oh, hi, how are you? And you know, hi. the people that you don't really yeah. care about. So yeah, that was, um, it looked more fun in the picture than it was. Oh, that's great. I love this picture on your, I think I'm, ooh, I'm going to like paraphrase a lot or just misquote you, but on the picture itself, you wrote something about the mermaid is back. And I feel that tagline, this is very smoky, ethereally mermaidy i don't know but and i did not recognize you at all i think it's because your hair is a little bit more flat in here i don't know the or the angles yeah on the pool or something i'm thinking this is pool. a great picture do you know yeah. what this is just one of the iphone filters that my boyfriend used on me so we were in last year i was in bali for five months which was amazing oh, wow. yeah. and we went to this like beautiful um just by the coast and there's there we had mm. like Bali's is basically paradise, but there was like a pool, like that you can then view, like sit in the pool and look at the sea. So we were in the pool, just um, looking at the sea, and he tried to take pictures with my phone. You know the different filters that are actually on the camera yeah. on a phone. Yeah, yeah. So I think there was just one of those. In it's beautiful yeah. though. It's a great one. Well done, boyfriend. Good, good on him. He takes good pictures. Good on him, eh? Right. <laughs> Mine, oh, he's gonna hate me. My husband can't take a picture to save his life. Okay, those those memes where, or those uh, I want to say short videos where the woman takes the, like the perfect picture of the husband and the baby, and they look like so gorgeous. It can be in a magazine. That's me, and then my husband takes a picture of me, and it's just like all the angles are wrong and everything. So we're the, we're the opposite in our relationship. Like he's like really good at taking pictures, and I'm always like, here's a good picture, and it's like I can't take pictures as well. No. No, like honestly, every time I'm just like, I'm going to just do the picture myself. It's just, I'll do a selfie. It's, yeah, okay. it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I can figure this out myself. Um, okay. And then this one. Oh, I love the pink, pinky purple. And I think you might be wearing the same shirt dress in one of your 
concept arts for your album covers or yes. single covers? So yeah. that was taken on the same day. Um, it was um, because the um, I signed with a record label on this picture, and they sent their social media person. They're from Sweden, so they sent them to London, and we took loads of pictures and lots of videos on that day. So I have a, quite a lot of content from that particular shoot. And we found this like little alleyway in central London and took some pictures. And I think I put like a little filter on that one though. But um, I just oh really yeah like it's just a slight little colors, just Lightroom app. And and yeah, it just we took so many pictures. So I just always love using really good uh, press pictures. If anyone wants to do a lot of like photo shoots for the social media, I just recommend yeah. bring a couple outfits. You don't actually they use like a proper camera, but I would just say. I've done my artwork pictures for my music. I have used, one of them was like on an iPhone. You know, you don't actually need a big mm, camera to mm. take really good pictures. So we would just, I would just take a couple outfits with me and we just change like in a random cafe toilet. Yeah, that's cool. Outfit. And it was really cold that day. Yeah, as you can't tell, but I was freezing my ass off. I had Aww. to cover up my nipples because this is like a backless dress. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. right, my nips are going to be out. So I'm just going to have to like find creative ways to cover them. Play with it. Just play with the necklace. We cover up the boobs. It's okay. Exactly. And I'm also five months pregnant. So I was like, I don't really have a lot of options for clothing. That's why I have this You're dress You're pregnant on. in this... Yeah, I'm five months wow. pregnant in that picture, and I could I couldn't even call. I this is a dress that's quite loose, so you couldn't see the bump underneath yeah. there. But uh, sorry for the baby crying in the background. Um, ah, it's okay. <laughs> but um, the trousers I was wearing for the other stuff, I couldn't close them, so I was like, I'm just gonna wear a shirt on top, and nobody's gonna know. Wow. So just completely off the record, you look very skinny in your face. I didn't. I, mean, I didn't I, gain a lot of I weight so until bloody. the last month of my pregnancy. I only gained. I think at that point, I'd barely gained any weight. Um, I was um, very lucky. Yeah. Great. You look great for someone that was five months pregnant. Right. Face. It was second <laughs> trimester glow. The glow had arrived at that point. The first three months were awful. I was sleeping and I got like severe acne when I got pregnant. Oh, same. That's just like, been edited away in there. <laughs> okay great so it's not just me <laughs> i feel so much better <laughs> okay this one seems a while ago because your hair is very shorter oh yes um, i shaved my head at some point so that was actually oh. my uh my assessment for my university degree we had to do a gig i had to do a lot of things so that was my exam and mm. a few i think it was like two months before this i shaved my head so i was a hair model for a long time when i moved to london because I wasn't. I didn't want to pay to get my hair done. Oh, okay. So okay, I was yeah. a hair model. I had my hair bleached so much. I had lots of different colors. I had purple, pink, silver, you name it. I loved it. I love my silver hair. My favorite one was pastel pink, like peachy pink. I loved it. Oh, but it was a yeah, bitch yeah. to maintain. Anyone out there who's ever bleached their hair know what I'm talking about. And then at one point, it started falling out. So I was like... Oh, but literally literally fall it was so embarrassing i remember being at the shoot and they were like oh you know i said let's pl please chop it off because it's falling out and i was begging yeah. them like please just chop it and they were like oh before we do that can we try to make like do this um cut for like an asymmetric barb sure for this client and they did that it yeah. looked awful by the way um, and they were gonna like style it from this client, and I could see him when he brushed my hair. All these like literally like I had chemotherapy. I haven't had chemotherapy. I'm fine, but yeah. 
it was calling out and it had so much hair. You could tell he was like trying to like hide it from the client that they were watching. <gasps> it was so embarrassing. No. And then after, I'm not going to say the name of the academy because that, you know they that karma mm. will get to them. But afterwards, I said, please chop off my hair. I've been there for hours. Like please just chop it off. And they were like, oh, we can't do that in front of the client. So they lit literally lied in my face in front of the client and said, oh yeah, I'm going to chop off my hair for charity. Um, so we're just going to film it and you're going to like cut it off. I was fuming because I had never said anything like that. They had literally screwed up my hair. And I'm not really that bothered. Hair will go back. I have a lot of hair. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But I was just more it's the just fact that they didn't, like, they were just lying to my face in front of this <laughs> client that's a really heightened uh, shampoo brand. So they cut it off, but th based on the fact that they had to sort of, like, cover up that they fucked up my hair. Anyway, long story short, yeah. I loved it because it was also one of those, like, I've just broken up with someone... I was like, mm. fuck this, I want to be a new version of myself, so I'm just going to shave my head. And it was such a liberating moment. I loved it. It was easy to wake they, up. It was yeah. like, they aren't ready. There's this quote, I'm going to misquote it again, I'm so bad quote, but there's something like, there's something dangerous about a woman that shares off her hair. It's like a thing. Yeah, it's definitely like, a thing. It's, I think it's just sort of when you realize that, I think for me, I had always had a lot of identity attached to my hair. I was always, Laura with the long hair. Laura with the blonde hair. Ooh, the girl with the long hair. And I was just a bit tired yeah. of being the girl with the hair. So I think it just gave me a bit more confidence in just being myself. I was like, do you know what? Me without, with or without hair, I'm still the same person. So that was a very liberating moment. However, the growing out phase was quite awkward. <laughs> okay, but I mean, the, the hair in the photo looks great. Do you maybe remember what song you were singing? I think I'm singing an original song of this. Uh, they, oh, they were all originals. They had to be. Um, I can't remember what song I was, I was singing there. Probably something that I've forgotten now because that's like five years ago. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I just feel like, I think, yeah, the bassist is just feeling it in the background. You, you can feel he was just jamming. Yeah. Like his face was just like, yeah. Yeah, damn. <laughs> I don't know. Face face. Yeah. Uh, face face. Uh, let me just give you a click. Oh, goodness, what is happening? Okay, I'm going to go backwards, apparently. Okay, this one. Oh, that's one of my first gigs in London. Oh, my God, that's such a long time ago. Um, so that has just started my hair, my hair model journey. Um, and I think that's somewhere in Camden. I think that's the second gig I had Ooh. in London. Which was just, that was before I actually start producing properly my music. So it was just me and piano. Okay. And Acoustically going for it. Exactly. And that piano is my own and I traveled with it on the bus. And I will not recommend that for anyone out there. Just get a fucking Uber. <laughs> Don't. It was with a... literally sat yeah. on the shoulder in the bag. And it's like 16 kilos. Yeah. It's like fluffing about with a full like long yeah. 88 keyboard. <laughs> You're just rocking up with a full keyboard on the metro yeah. as a backward. You're that person, that, person. That, that you know the stereotypical that you see on the metro with an instrument, Literally. but then just not like a tiny one, like the, the biggest actually, instrument you could possibly have. Do you know what? I have no sense of fashion, so I'm yet to learn that. I think actually in that photo, I am wearing um, what do you call those like underwear, like skiing underwear as trousers. That is, I, I can't oh, even, with a yeah. shirt on top and then a black top and then the sequin blazer. So, but I think also I was wearing the heels on my way to the gig rather than take a bag and put some like trainers on. So I oh, was in heel, no. heel boots on the tube with the piano in, oh, honestly. 
stupid. Um, you have talked on um, your YouTube channel and uh, even on your TikToks about uh, a little bit of your mental struggles and coping methods, etc., etc. And I want to know what has been uh, your biggest mental health struggle while recording your singles, uh, Lion Lace and Parallel Universe. Oh, um, I think, first of all, we all have mental health, just like we have physical health. So I think, you know, if you, let's say you think that's mm -hmm. the day you wake up, you're not you're feeling a bit achy, your body's not feeling great. There are also going to be mental days like that. And I think it's just normalizing the conversation. Like we all have. We all have it. Mental health is not a, it's not a diagnosis. Mental health is the health of what's going on in here, just like your physical health. But I think what I think a lot of artists also maybe have challenges with this is the it's the whole, am I good enough? Does it sound the way I want it to sound? Yeah. What will people think? It's very, also a little bit of ego. Just like, oh, I want to, I want people to like me. Yeah, because you're and putting yourself out there. what if they don't? Yeah. yeah, and the music industry can be very harsh. It can be a very, um, it's a tough industry. People are going to judge you for anything. Literally. You're not <laughs> going to be this enough or be that enough. Maybe you're too much, you know. There's always going to be someone who has an opinion of you. And I think it helped me when I sort of separated. <laughs> it helped me when I separated the sort of what I sing and what I record and my single versus who I am as an identity. Okay. When I separated the two, it was easier to sort of make a decision when my song was finished instead of saying, I am my song. But of course, I am the words because I created them. However, this is how I express myself. Yeah. It is not necessarily all who I am. Music is a way of communicating for me. Music is the way of I express myself yeah. where I'm still my person outside of music. And that really helped me because that way, if somebody doesn't like my music, it doesn't necessarily mean they don't like me. It might mean that, but it might not. Mm. That mm. takes me and to you are, I want to say, the founder, CEO, creator, mother <laughs> of girls make beats <laughs> what is girls make beats um and how did you start that so that came about really randomly as things are in life so last that yeah. company was birthed last year um where i was really fed up with my job and my partner was like why don't you just do your own thing and i was like that's scary, but this okay. This guy, he's, he's um, like, there's, he's the I, genius behind he's it all. A blessing. <laughs> like, honestly, he's been helping me so much. I would not be where I am if it hadn't been for yeah. Um. So I, I've always wanted to help other women. So for me, my production journey, being independent as a music creator, took me a long time. It took me, like, I'm nearly eight years in, in yeah. that journey, and it doesn't need to take eight years. It really does not. And when I started out producing, I didn't see okay. many women. I didn't feel like I had support. I had no idea what I was doing. And I didn't really sort of like, how do I, how do I go about this? I don't understand. I, I'm, I felt like I'm a really talented artist and musician. I just don't know how on earth to get what is in here out on the software yeah. and out into people's mm. ears. And I was fed up with relying on other people to sort of explain what I wanted them to like create not for fully me. Getting and, like, it. Then I had to yeah. they don't they didn't get it and, and I didn't couldn't explain it and then suddenly I had to hire a studio and then had to pay a fee here and that and it's, it's just that was just not sustainable. And it, I hear it over and over and over again. So I was just like, I'm gonna find a way to help women with this stuff. 
um so i started just teaching like just doing private lessons just like literally all online i haven't i did a couple in bali i did a couple in yeah. person which was amazing as well but it doesn't it's like it doesn't really make a difference like online or in person doesn't matter it's either either or yeah. work um and then i set up a workshop for more people to see if like do people want this? Is this even gonna, like? Is it going to be popular? I don't yeah. know. And there was a lot, of, a lot of people on that workshop. It was just like forty-five minute workshop, and I was like, oh, it's actually, and I really enjoy it. This is amazing. So that's how that came about. And then I have created an online course now uh, where people can sort of watch those tutorial in their own time, with lots of demonstrations yeah. and things like that, and sort of taking you on a journey from how do you find your creative process, how do you create all of your music independently from home yes you need you do need some gear yeah. but i'm a believer that you can create with what you've got you don't need all of these fancy oh, big yeah. ass studios and it yeah of course that that's nice if you can have access for that but, to that and yeah. you feel great in that environment but like for example my last single parallel universe right i recorded the lead on a random tuesday night on this floor <laughs> in this room I was like, I'm just going to record it, you know. And then after I thought, oh, I, I, want, I want a quote-unquote proper sound recording of the lead vocal. So I hired out a studio. I hired an engineer that could help me sort of press the buttons while I was in the vocal booth yeah. to save time. I recorded everything again there. And my record label said like, oh, we don't like that version. We prefer the version you did on your... The floor version. At home. <laughs> so I was like... I went away, went ahead with the floor version and that just like proved to me you don't obviously you need a great quality sound recording obviously you do but it's not necessarily where you're going to get that you might not be in the studio if you don't feel comfortable in the studio or singing in front of someone you don't know that you can't hear yourself properly like that's going to yeah. be shit recording yeah. if you feel great at home do it from there there's so many so that's that how that came about yeah I love it because also yeah. also to go back to what you said is like you don't always you can't portray fully always what you want to someone else, mm -hmm. um, especially if you don't have Absolutely. the skills um, to actually produce it. So if you've got to like go in with every little, no, do this a little higher, put, I want this, 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 do like fully portray it. It doesn't come through as it, as it already sounds in your mind. Um, and mm. you give such, um, even on just TikTok and Instagram, they're very correlated together. You give such um, good tips and tricks just short ones so i can just imagine just to take the course what you would learn just bite-sized chunks yeah. I, I love what you said and i think it's also even if you don't want to be a producer mm. such i think there's something about being ha being in charge of your own music yeah. being empowered to say if even if you are to work with a producer but you can say i want this i want to you know i want the eq to mm. be like this i want the oh can you add this and this in here i don't really like the way you've done that that's going to send off a very different signal than to say, oh, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Like, if you know what you want with your music, whether you're creating that yourself or you are utilizing someone else's skills to do that, that's going to play in your favor. Yeah. And I have never regretted learning music production, even if I end up not producing something because I wanted to work with mm. someone. That gives me power to say, yes, I want this. No, I don't want that. I want it like this and this and yeah. this. And I am more respected that way as well. I have noticed. I think that is why I also now I'm building my network a lot bigger. But I feel confident in it because I've practiced it, right? you've done it. If, yeah. if you're an artist, and yeah, exactly. But it's taken me a long time. I'm no one special. I'm here to say that the reason why I've founded Girls Make Beats was because 
I want more women to feel empowered with that too. It's not a special gift. Amen. Like anyone can learn this stuff. It's not, and it's not that, yeah, it's, it's learning a new language. Of course it is, but it's really not that difficult. Okay, the next section that we want to move on to is called Behold the Meteor Shower. So this section is to keep you on your toes um, okay. and give you a little bit of uh, rapid fire questions and hopefully not get you cancelled in the process. <laughs> but I think these are light questions, so I don't believe that okay. anything bad will happen. I'm going to just... I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> okay, come on. Yeah. <laughs> safe space. Safe space. Um, okay, are you ready for the Meteor Shower? I am ready. Okay, here we go. I gotta just get in the zone for this. If you could be an instrument, which would you be? Double bass. Double bass. That's a new... Sorry, we've never had that one. <laughs> it's me on the spot. Okay, Spongebob or Patrick? I don't... Neither. Neither? Watch it. <gasps> oh, how are you... Okay, we'll get back to that. We'll put a pin in that. Agree or disagree? Pineapples belong on pizza. Yes. Yes. Which movie has the best soundtrack? Oh, oh, uh, 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 the help. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, which friend's character are you? Rachel. Rachel. No, I'm Phoebe. Phoebe? Yeah. Oh, I love Phoebe. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is better, Instagram stories or TikTok reels? Instagram stories. Um, Sia or Aurora? Aurora. Oh, I love <laughs> I'm not supposed to be biased. Good choice. <laughs> um, who? Okay, this is a this is a, a mouthful. Who would win in an epic battle? A polar bear with a lightsaber, or just a regular T-Rex? I'll repeat the question. Who would win in an epic battle? A polar bear with a lightsaber, or just a regular T-Rex? I'm gonna go with the with the bear because it sounds cooler with a lightsaber. I, I thought that too, right? And this one. This one gets everyone. And you're only allowed to name one. I have to preface that and be very strict with that rule. Only okay. one. The best song of all time. Uh, but Joey V, Living on a Prayer. Ooh, that's a good choice. Oh, that's a banger. Like, it's like, it's like the Sweet Caroline type thing. There's no one yeah. on this planet that does not start singing along. If they exactly. Not... And also, I used to listen to that track before any really important work call. Or like if I was just, if I had like a prospective client call, I'd listen to like, put it on a really fucking loud dance, jump just to the... Go crazy. The Hype yourself up. From Joey V. Yeah. It's a good one. I love. Oh, good choice. I approve. <laughs> I can, I'm going to put my very unauthorized stamp of approval on that one. Yeah. It's going to be stuck in my head. Now. As soon as I end this call, it's going to be done. It's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fellow astronauts, I want to remember you to follow us in the Stellar Sound Discord community or head on over to Instagram for the latest Stellar updates. And with that, I would like to thank you, Looney, for co-piloting this rocket ship today. But before we check our engines, I want to give you a chance to shout out any platform or projects before we go. Thank you so much for having me on this episode. It's been such a pleasure. If you want to learn anything about production, be a part of a community, or just want to get in touch, like just go to my Instagram. It's at just.looney, and it's L-U-N-I. And I'll be more than happy to help you with any production needs that you might have. Awesome. Definitely go check it out. You will not regret it. 
and go listen on spot i'm gonna just plug it for you go listen on spotify to parallel universe and lion Lates. they are incredible Thank well you. listeners um it's my pleasure well listeners and fellow astronauts out there from me leonie paulson and my guest looney we want to thank you for joining us here at the stellar sound podcast but the countdown has begun and it is time to blast off into the stellar sphere until we meet again at the next stellar